Hi, this is Jared. And this is just some dude named Nathaniel. And welcome to A Cup of Tea. Everyone's intelligence has been shaped by distinct personal experiences. If you're curious to shed light on both humanity's collective and intimate truths, then take a seat with an open mind and a full cup as we examine reality through the blurry lens of our own individual perspectives. Have a sip while we talk about equality. Equality, what does it mean? Well, by definition, equality is the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities. How do you feel about equality, Nathaniel? What does it mean to you? Well, I think it's first and foremost is a little funny that um, the definition itself uses its own word in it. Um, so I think it's important for us to define what equal means first. Um, I think that the most important thing when it comes to what meaning, what equal means, is that it doesn't mean it's the same exact thing. It's not like a math equation where it's necessarily a one-to-one -one ratio. Um, what it means when it comes to an actual human perspective and into our chaotic world is more simply just the fact that they are two separate things um, and that they, they say still have the same intrinsic value. That they still have, in the instance of humans, the same rights, um, whereas we, wherever you want to derive those rights from, whether it be God, some piece of paper, or whatever it might be. Um, but it's plain and simple, I think, in the most um, rudimentary way that we can um, describe uh, as being equal in equality towards each other is just treating each other just with a little bit of respect and empathy is kind of the most uh, realistic way to show the action of what equality is exactly and I definitely agree with you I feel that equality is a very real and human construct and it's something that definitely is not regarded equally amongst the population as we have seen in the news and across various social events that continue to occur today and have occurred all throughout human history. We, we've seen issues with equality, even though it seems like such a golden principle, right? Well, there's been, there's never been a universal agreed, agreement of it, you know? You know, when we go back to our constitution, it says that all men are created equal. There's already intrinsically an unequal thing right there because it negates um, over half the population of people who are either women or of some other identification. And then it, and it originally didn't include anyone of other um, racial identity as well. So, Right. And, and you're exactly right about that as well. There, It's funny how equality, it, it's so simple. It has such a simple definition that literally just represents that, you know, it, it basically it embodies the golden rule and the golden principle, which is treat others how you'd want to be treated. You know, level the playing field. It, it, it's, it's such a simple construct, yet people don't really grasp what it truly means because it can be applied differently to everybody. You know, the, I'm sure the, the CEOs of the world think that it's it's not as unequal as they think it is in terms of opportunity wages the economy and and it's 
it's honestly a little gross when you do look at some of the statistics and realize just how out of touch um, you know some people are with their perceptions of reality in terms of equality well it really gets into that you know kind of like the healthcare argument you know where is should we everyone just have health care or should everyone have access to health care because those are two very different things and it's kind of you know the touching uh cornerstone of kind of that separation that you were talking about right there you know just because everyone has access to something doesn't mean they have the ability to make it whereas if someone just has something then that kind of puts them on the same level playing field and has that you know at least you all have that same representation and that same agency and i think that's really a big thing when it comes to that equality is that everyone at least has the same agency potential true so nathaniel i'm looking here at wage inequality over the last 30 years it's a graph and looking at the wage ratios we can definitely see that the gap has shrunk over time but we are still seeing a significant difference in the pay between men and women. And then when we also look at CEO pay, we've seen that gap just completely um, you know, grow exponentially. Um, I'm looking at this one graph here. Way back in 1965, in fact, CEO compensation was 24 times more than the average production worker. But if you're looking at it as of 2009, which is just 11 years ago, CEOs were making 185 times more. So while we've made progress in one area, we have also seen a huge setback in another area of equality. And I would wager a, a substantial amount of money on the fact that that number has just continued to increase significantly um, these past 11 years, specifically within the past four years. Exactly. I mean, you just you just have to look at the fact that Jeff Bezos is the richest person on this planet. And, and that didn't just happen yesterday, but it wasn't true 10 years ago. And that just shows you how, not only how large of a corporation Amazon is, but how much wealth that him alone has been able to amass in this whole time while you know his workers are still struggling to make a living wage. Well, and that gets into a really good point, and I think that that's the biggest inequality that we face currently as a society, and I feel like that is also one of the biggest systemic issues um, that is this uh, neurosis that we are currently facing in our um, on a global scale, realistically, um, that's just exasper exasperated in the U.S. at least. Um, is the fact that there is inherently no equality when someone, one individual person, has that amount of wealth and resources compared to someone who is, for instance, homeless or on the streets or something like that, or even, you know, a well-to-do middle American, quote-unquote. You know, that the, the capital and that uh, agency, that that, um, I'm just going to say dumb amount of wealth um, provides you with is just so inherently lopsided that they're those two that one that one person versus you know 99% of the rest of the world will never have true equality in that there's the, the value that we place on in our system of someone's net worth um, intrinsically makes their opinion their perception their ideas their ability um, all the more valuable um, versus someone who is just um, someone getting by doing their best doesn't matter how smart they are doesn't matter how hard of a worker they are but we give into this concept at least in the western states here um 
that someone who has that much money is intrinsically a harder worker or almost even a demigod of sorts. And um, that kind of class division is continued to be the one, one of the most significant factors in human history of promoting that inequality. Um, because as long as there is that quote unquote ruling elite um, of people of that astronomical wealth where they can, they have more money than, you know, Jeff Bezos could, for instance, end homelessness and food hunger in a day if he choose to. Um, I do not have that capacity. I am not equal to him in that regard plain and simple. Precisely. And I, I think you hit on a really good point, Nathaniel. It, I mean, I think that that is just what I refer to as the double-edged sword of entrepreneurship here in the United States, which is where both of us live currently. And what I mean by that is the United States is celebrated as a place where you can go and you can live the American dream. And the American dream is something that is intangible, but is something that even still today is hard to achieve in virtually any other country in terms of entrepreneurship. You know, it's it's still the capital of the world in terms of coming and starting a business and, and growing your riches and, and starting from the ground up, like starting with literally nothing and then ending up with an empire. But the thing is though, that's a fake dream. It's not really a realistic dream because, you know, you hear the success stories of all these CEOs and these magnets and everything, a lot of that. And, you know, it's a lot of the same principles of the same corruption um, and buying back and everything like that, that, you know, very rarely do you actually have that one person who just works hard enough to become that and to to lift them up into that staff. I'm not saying it's impossible here in the U.S., but um, it's if, you know, you look at the non-propaganda, version of these people's history it's a lot more complicated than simply you know working um, by the sweat of your back and and that's why i think it's a double-edged sword because while you know the united states is praised for pioneering an entrepreneur mindset it also has the negative side effect of throwing other people under the bus for your own gain and capitalism as a whole has been plagued by this idea that you should be happy benefiting off of someone else's losses. And, and that has only further um, led to more inequality, especially here in the United States. But I mean, obviously we're still seeing it around the globe. I just think that, like you mentioned before, we really do have a systemic issue of inequality driven by capitalism and entrepreneurship here in the United States. Yeah, and you know, when I think a lot of that at least um you can find its rooting in, you know, after Woodrow Wilson's presidency with the foundation of the Federal Reserve, you and then um, especially after Reagan with the trickle-down economics, you really see it evolve into where its current form is, at least. It, it has definitely um, uh, evolved and been bastardized and changed and evolved in many different forms, at least our um, individual country's history, at least. Right, right, exactly. So I know we've talked about a little or a little bit about the CEO pay gap, and I did touch briefly on the gender pay gap, which I have another graph to reference here with some more facts for you in in the audience. Back in 1979, a women's women's earnings were just under 65% of men's earnings, full-time wage and salary worker annual averages. By the time of 2009, it's up to 80%. But obviously, we still see a clear disconnect that, you know, in a realistic society, it should be a one-to-one ratio that 
someone's sex or gender should not disqualify them from making as much as their peers. No. No, it should not. Um, and I think that, you know, intrinsically what that shows is that unfortunately the powers, if you want to call them that, or the social factors at work here intrinsically don't value women the same, women and people of other genders um, that don't identify an cis male um, as unequal. You know, um, for I think that the best um, kind of antidote I can give to this is, you know, the Equal Rights Amendment is still not passed, <laughs> for instance. Um, and it's something that has been being trying to be passed for longer than you or me have both been alive. It's a joke. And when we can't even agree that people, um, because of what's in their pants or what they identify as, um, aren't equal for that, you know, you're never going to see even that last 20 cents and that 20%. Um, reach the same because we intrinsically currently in our system um, don't value women and people identify as women or whatever um, as the same as cis men and I think this um, really comes down to is the fact that at least here in this country we really see it all the time is we don't really view people as people we view them as products and consumers and intrinsically when it comes to that they have a market value that's how, you know, for the big uh, corporations like Facebook and stuff like that make all this money off of you because you are the product. Um, and whenever you are creating a market value for a human, um, whether it be through the, like the slave trade or just for the um, consumer commodification and can, um, drastic consumerism culture that we live in, um, you're putting value on people. And there's always going to be people in that case who are going to be worth more and worth less, depending on what you were looking at. Now, if I'm a business owner and I'm trying to uh, service, you know, blind, deaf women and they're trying to start up their own small business in, um, you know, in poor, more social um, disadvantaged economic conditions, um, I'm going to value their opinions higher than, you know, um, people in, you know, from the middle class or something like that. You know, plain and simple, it's as long as we're continuing to put market values on people, um, for instance, the wage gap will never be the same equal because we just don't value the labor and the pro which is the product the same. Correct. And I think that's a very good reason why we are still seeing a gender wage gap today in 2020, even though it's you would think that we're a lot more progressive than we were back in the 60s and 70s is because for years and years, historically, as you mentioned, people were viewed as products and are still viewed as products. And therefore, they're priced in the market accordingly. And historically, there's also been way more men in corporations, especially in positions of power than women, which has Correct. caused a negative feedback or positive feedback loop, I should say, a negative positive feedback loop, if that's even such a thing that has led to men being valued more than women in the workplace, much as- Well, and I think, go ahead. Much as the CEO pay gap has grown because you know CEOs continually get rewarded for growing the company um, and keeping lower wages stagnant, we've seen that happen with the sex and gender gap as well. Well, and I think that you touched on a really good point there is, um, and we're going just to continue to commodify people, is just because um, 
it, it's it, there's like for instance of your wages is like a market rate for what you're worth an instance like that the fact that women weren't allowed and were plain and simple just weren't allowed into a lot of these roles for a very long time and still aren't in very many different ways um is because of a social cost so not a monetary value associated with um people's labors and them as a product but more as you know what is how society values them and there is not necessarily tangible cost to that um, where you, but you do see the examples of the gross sickness of it um, in like the wage gap and everything like that and all these other different data points that there aren't as many women CEOs and stuff like that and um, they don't prosper from the same reward system whereas you know they make up half the population and just as they should be equally represented they're not because they still aren't and ex and even though we have gotten better with it but still haven't um but it was much worse in the 60s and earlier on did not women and people who identified um not as male um did not have the same social value as well their opinions didn't matter they didn't they couldn't work as hard they couldn't be doing all these things it was only in the early or late 90s or early 2000s i remember right where women were even allowed in the u.s military um in combat positions right um where <laughs> which is a joke Right. And, and we've also, as a country here in the United States, we've also struggled with, you know, transgender people in the military or people who, you know, have a different sexual orientation. And, and that type of discrimination doesn't affect at all, you know, someone's job in the military or how they can perform. But yeah, we still see that no. kind of discrimination because it's not the norm. Well, it affects our lives, <laughs> you know, with the suicide rates and uh, the assaults and the murders it comes out in a different form of the social cost it comes out the cost of their lives and and i think that just goes to show you that you know i, I think i think a major premise with our conversation today about equality is is saying that you know we see these systems that while in principle are designed to keep us equal don't truly keep us equal because we have people you know, who hold a majority position or a position of power and consider, you know, themselves to be, you know, essentially the standard. And that and that's definitely not the way that our country or our society should be built. And, and for well, instance, and that's where, and you touched on a good point right there is, you, you know, you um, it, 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 but that is, you know, isn't that how our system was designed, though? And, and you, you can go back even to 1968 with the Civil Rights Act. There were provisions in there that were supposed to protect protected classes, gender, sex, sexual orientation, religion, race, and age discrimination. And while that was a monumental piece of legislation, and I'm not denying that we've made progress, I think clearly we're still seeing issues in each of those areas today. And I would even like to touch on racial discrimination, which is a hot topic in 2020. So I'm looking at another graph based on racial discrimination. And this one, what I consider to be a very relevant topic today, interview callback rate for women with white names as opposed to black names. You can clearly see that the highest callback for any of the black names that were sampled here was just under 10%, whereas the highest callback for a white name was somewhere around 13, 14%. The average callback for black names was 6%, 
the average callback for white names was 10%. I, I mean, that to me, that's statistically significant. Like you can't, you can't argue that there's a clear divide between judging someone by the, the cover of their own book, as we're told not to, you know, growing up, like don't judge a book by its cover. Well, that's exactly what you're doing when you're choosing not to call someone back just because they have a name that represents a non-white ethnicity or race. No, you're right about that. And, you know, um, just for the sake of time for where we're at, you know, I won't get into um, kind of the bigger social factors of the um, the, uh, the sickening systemic issues that we have with that, where it comes to like the prison industrial complex and the um, cultural genocide that's happening to the black community still to this day, very, you know, in a lot of ways, very similar to what's happening to the Uyghurs in China. Um, but, um, you know, it's people just think, um, when you're talking about that 10% versus white names versus 10, uh, 6% for black names, um, for instance, um, that it doesn't sound like a lot. It sounds like just 4%. That's nothing. You know, I can survive, you know, for two hours on my phone at 4% if I needed to. <laughs> um, but when it, you multiply that by over 330 million, that 4% all of a sudden becomes millions of people tens of millions of people and it is sickening um that that it's those it's again it's that social value and that we place more value on x um selected group versus y selected group and as long as that value is in is in in balance there is going to be equality exactly and I think, honestly, that, that brings us to a really good point in our discussion, Nathaniel, where I, I know we've spent some time reviewing the facts, but I think I would like to carry out the rest of this conversation and kind of talk about what does this mean from our perspectives on a societal perspective, um, on an individual perspective, you know, what, what have we seen in terms of discrimination? I know sometimes I think about, you know, looking at this data and talking about it with you, I have to wonder, like, is this just a underlying human bias that we have that that I know for centuries, white people, more specifically white men, have been in power and control in this country, um, which is clearly shown in the race gap, um, the gender sex gap. And it, it makes you wonder, like, is this just a foundational human bias that whoever has the majority tends to discriminate on people in the minority or is this just based on the principles that our very society was founded upon what what are your thoughts well i think that there is an always intrinsic argument to be made versus the in-group versus the out-group and those power dynamics um and you know unfortunately we don't have the time for me to get into a full-on power dynamic conversation here but i think that you know whatever the controlling group is intrinsically places their subjugate um that subjugates their belief system onto the different minority groups and that's just pretty much been evident in every um, social experiment of any culture of every society um, you know, and you still see that very much so in, you know, especially in um, Eastern European groups where it's a very homogenous culture, for instance. Um, you, you know, you, uh, those values are very kept close to the vest, if you will, you know. And I do think that our, when we're talking about our system here, at least, it was our system, while promising the principles of equality, you have to remember that when it was originally founded, those principles of equality didn't include things that they thought were property, which were human beings at that time. 
so I think that it is a systemic issue that we currently are facing in our society that was intentionally designed. Um, there was people fighting at the very beginning from this too, um, as well, and that's where we have we there's there's a lot of evidence of that. Um, I think that inequality is both natural um, to the environment around us because of um, whether it is our natural evolution um, into different um, social um, hierarchies because um, we are a hierarchical species and a social species naturally um, unfortunately <laughs> um, but we do uh, you know just everywhere has a government for a reason right we like to collect ourselves in that regard um, but at the same time it is very much uh, created um, you can create systems that deals with that stuff you can create systems that deals with the uh, very public corruption that creates the income inequality between those one percenters and the rest of us um, you can create those systems that is is possible to do that um, unfortunately you don't see a lot of historical examples of that because it always continues to because uh, an earth part found anything of humanity is to corrupt it and do it to your own advice uh, and do it to your own ability and everything like that too and you know um, power tends to corrupt people and um, discriminate against those who do not have that power and realistically the most um, equitable societies that we find and the most equitable groups and organizations are the ones that has the power from the bottom up and unfortunately you don't really see that on a large scale and you've never really seen a lot of um, large scale historical examples of that at least on a nation state level for many different factors um, but uh, so it's hard to it's hard to say what the other could be because we haven't truly ever seen what the other could be um, we have we we like to fool ourselves I think in the ideology that we are the other um, but realistically and especially in the past four years exacerbated by the pandemic in this last year we've really begun to see that we are not the other we are this is we are you know the the evil empire in Star Wars um, if you will you know we are the systematic order that uh, um, doesn't promote equality in a lot of different ways, um, whether it's just that 4% on the callback rate, for instance. You know, these are things that can be and should be addressed, but majority of people haven't even heard about it or ignorant to it or just don't care. And that is a frustrating thing. Um, luckily, there is a lot more awareness to these different issues of just treating people like humans, you know? And having a little bit of freaking empathy with it. Um, but unfortunately, I do think that, uh, to answer your question at least again, this is by and large designed the way it's supposed to be working right now. Um, it was very carefully corrected, um, um, uh, very carefully constructed ad hoc, is what I like to say. That, um, you know, I don't think there needs to be some giant global conspiracy. I just think it needs to be a bunch of rich, rich assholes together <laughs> who are like, hey, I want more money, I want more power. And it's, that's kind of simple, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, that this is an issue of inequality that has been deeply rooted in society for a very long time. Even going way back to the origins of human society itself, the feudal system the uh, system of slavery, the institution of slavery, which is still very much real today. It's not called slavery, but it's, you know, called human trafficking, um, sex trafficking. Uh, or, or the prison labor. <laughs> yep, prison labor. Um, you know, it, and it's, it, and then you look at the statistics of who is in prison and for what crime, and, and you see a lot more people of color who are 
you know, serving life sentences for marijuana possession. And meanwhile, you have, you know, elite whites who can basically get around, you know, selling or making billions off of drugs marijuana. and they're making. Yeah, they're making billions. And it's disgusting um, just seeing that, you know, it, it, and I, I think the encouraging thing, especially in such a crucial election year like 2020 is, I think a lot of people are seeing the problem that inequality has on society as a whole, um, even on a globular scale, but it is unfortunate that not everybody shares that empathy and, and can see that, you know, there, there are still issues of inequality. I, I think that there's a lot of people I've met personally that they look around and they see, well, I'm not affected by anything. I'm not affected by any of these problems that, you know, others are talking about of inequality, so it must not exist. And that, that's a fallacy in itself because just because you don't directly observe inequality doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I don't observe the sun existing for 24 hours a day, but that doesn't mean that the 12 hours it's not above the horizon, that it doesn't exist. You know, first they came for the communists and I did nothing. Then they came for the Jews and I did nothing. And when there was nothing, there was no one else, they came for me. I just totally butchered that quote, but... Um, <laughs> You know, we're, we're, we're willing to let a lot pass when it doesn't immediately affect us. And that's why advocacy for things that don't immediately affect us aren't so important because it's that larger social cost. And it's what, what the world that we want to live in and the world that we want to leave behind. Right. And, and there's, there's a huge social cost, I think, for ignorance. And there's a huge social cost for you know, maintaining the status quo and not realizing that society can always get better. I, I think that it's foolish to think that we're ever going to live in a perfect society. I don't ever think that humans are capable of living in a utopia, but we can always strive for progress. I think that that's a huge underlying theme of, of getting to equality. Maybe, maybe equality is something that we'll never achieve. I don't know if it's something we'll ever achieve, but I do know that the constitution was supposed to be updated every 20 years <laughs> well clearly clearly they forgot that part <laughs> it's a magical document it can't be changed man that's why we have amendments <laughs> it, it's a it's a uni, it's a unicorn document and like man I, I got now i gotta go take the declaration of independence like nicholas cage <laughs> i gotta go steal it i need it it's mine it, it like steal it revise it and put it back no i'm just kidding yeah, exactly. We got to protect it or some shit. Yeah. Say, say, you know, we're declaring this country the United States of Equality. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good place to be, buddy. Uh, it, it's a dream, but, you know, I, I, I think this country is made for dreamers. And um, I, I think that brings us to a good point where we can start wrapping up our thoughts here. I, I would definitely say that while I don't think equality will ever truly be achieved and our society will never be perfect, I still believe that most people have the right mindset, especially in our generation, to strive for that kind of progress. I, I've seen just in my lifetime, you know, I'm barely a quarter of a century old and I have already seen significant progress, you know, on you know, LGBTQ plus rights and, you know, racial discrimination, even though it's still a problem. Um, I, I think that 
we're, we're seeing people get fed up with the system and, and trying to find ways that we could repair the system. Of course, not everyone's gonna have answers, but we're, we're trying. Yeah, I think that um, I'll keep it pretty simple with how I wanna end it. Um, that it's gonna get hard. It's gonna get a lot harder before it gets better. But just because it gets harder doesn't mean the work's not worth it. Agreed. And you know what? We, we, we have been through this before as a country. I mean, history definitely repeats itself. Just look back at, you know, the uh, civil rights movement back in the 60s. I think a lot of people, um, especially in older generations, think, well, you know what? That happened back then. Everyone got their rights and liberties. We're moving on. But really, it was only a small step in the right direction, but it wasn't nearly enough. And I, I think we see that now today um, just by, you know, how, you know, how many black people are being disproportionately killed by the police. I'm, I'll, I'll wrap up with, with one, one more fact that I've discovered here on the internet, which is deaths due to the use of lethal force by law enforcement. And the results of the study found that while the majority of victims were white, there is a disproportionate amount of black people with a fatality rate. In fact, black people were 2.8 times higher um, than whites to be shot and killed by the police. And I, I think that that is that that that's an underscore of just how unequal we still are as a nation and how much more progress we have left to go um, as a society and everything else. I agree. I agree very much with that. And so I will, I will conclude with Black Lives Do Matter. And I, I think that everyone needs to realize that that, that that needs to be a very apparent statement. I, I know a lot of people try to combat that with All Lives Matter, but you know, that All Lives Matter is not a symbol of equality. It's more or less sweeping the issues under the rug. I think the reason why we say Black Lives Matter is because we're trying to call attention to these issues, um, much, much like all the other issues we discussed today. Um, I, I, I don't think that by calling out inequality that that makes us less equal. I think, in fact, that makes us more equal. I agree, and I would also... Yeah, I'll also like to add, you know, I guess with that, if we're calling out specific movements, all it takes to be a part of Antifa is just being anti-fascist. All you have to be is not a fascist and you're a part of it. So, um, you know, just just think about that for a second there. That's all that, you know, that's all I'm going to leave it there as. Exactly. And I, I've, I've actually, it's funny you brought that up, Nathaniel, because I've only said that multiple times uh, myself. I'm like... Uh, you know, if you if you really look at what Antifa means, it really means anti-fascist. And if you look up the meaning of fascism, you see that we are living in a fascist society, and you see that fascism is not good. It's it does not um, have a good history reputation. You look at Nazi Germany, Hitler, and uh, I don't think that that's something that you want to be associated with. I, I definitely don't think that the United States wants to be on the wrong side of history in terms of our democracy and, and our equality. No, you're right. Plain and simple. I, just, I don't have anything to add to that. You're right. So, and, and I, I know 
me personally being a white man that I am privileged, I'm very privileged. I've, I've never directly been a victim of inequality and I probably never will be, but that doesn't mean that I can't be aware of the issues that I see around me and that, you know, I can't try to be an agent in change. And I would encourage everyone out there listening to this podcast and, and listening to us, please use your voice. Don't be afraid to speak out. Please don't be afraid to have tough conversations with family, friends, uh, with society. If, if, if you're capable of of being an agent of change in any capacity, use that capacity because being part of a democracy means having your voice heard. Make it, make being a Nazi hard, you know, call it racist. Yeah. Don't make it easy. Exactly. And, and, and there, there's no place for racism in society. It goes against everything equality stands for or, and sexism. Well, I think, yeah, I agree. I think that, um, a really good way to end this is with the saying that a tolerant society cannot tolerate intolerance. I love it. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about the United States. That can also be applied to the whole world, too. You know, I think the human race needs to be a little less tolerant of what, what we're seeing in terms of inequality. And I, I think that's a great way to leave it off, Nathaniel. Again, I, w- I want to thank you, Nathaniel, for joining me for today's podcast. I hope that you will be able to be a regular co-host with me on a cup of tea. And I really enjoyed this conversation with you. It- it's been a pleasure to have you on and-, and kind of dive into perspective and fact. Always happy to come back, man. Always. Awesome. Well, we will see you soon, Nathaniel. And... For now, we'll be signing off, but we will be back again at some point in the near future. Just remember, everyone, you are loved. You are loved, yes. And you are also part of the change, if you want to be. Just remember that. Thanks for listening about Equality with Nathaniel and I. Please check out the description of this episode for the resources we referenced on this topic. If this podcast is your cup of tea, then please subscribe for the latest freshly brewed content. As always, let your thirst for curiosity leave you feeling enlightened.